the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No shots fired. Yep, as amazing as it may seem, somewhere around uh, I don't know, 100,000 people, maybe more, showed up in Richmond, Virginia today. Most of them were packing heat. They were carrying guns, and there was no gunplay. Yep, they were to protest the ridiculous laws that the Virginia legislature pl- passed a while back. And when things, uh, and when when the guns rights guns rights people, you know, the gun nuts uh, said they were coming to Richmond. Governor Blackface down there, he had a warning a couple of weeks ago. We're seeing ago. threats of violence. We're seeing threats of armed confrontation and assault on our capital. But we have received credible intelligence from our law enforcement agencies that there are groups with malicious plans for the rally that is planned for Monday. This includes out-of-state militia groups and hate groups planning to travel from across the country to disrupt our democratic process with acts of violence. They are not coming to peacefully protest. They are coming to intimidate and to cause harm. State intelligence analysts have identified threats and violent rhetoric, sim- rhetoric similar to what has been seen before other major events, such as Charlottesville. Let me be clear. These are considered credible, serious threats by our law enforcement agencies. Yeah, well, you were in blackface back in college, uh, and nothing happened. Nobody was hurt, and uh, boy, uh, were they freaked out over at MSNBC and CNN. They were just uh, people who believed in the Second Amendment who threatened to show up. But, of course, it was white nationalists, and it was going to be, you know, Charlottesville, part two. Right now, thousands of gun rights activists, white nationalists, militia groups all swarming the Virginia state capitol. There are a lot of people nervous about what's going to happen. Authorities in Richmond are on high alert. It could be a tense day. Such polarization, what may happen in Virginia. Several hate groups, supposedly some white nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalist groups. White supremacists. White supremacists. White supremacists. White extremists. This entire rally stands in, in opposition to the meaning of this day. Virginia on the edge. How concerned are you that there might be some people in this crowd that may want to get violent? There's certainly a lot of concern here. Raising fears of a dangerous confrontation. There could be violence. And there is real concern there about what the intention is behind this. There's a lot of concern about the potential for violence. It spark violence. Tensions high in Virginia may cause violence there. North, I'm clearly trying to avoid another Charlottesville. Yeah. In Charlottesville. Could see a repeat of what we saw in 2017 in Charlottesville. Similar to what we saw in Charlottesville. Worrying about a repeat of Charlottesville. Horrible 2017 Charlottesville disaster. You look at what happened in Charlottesville. The two sides clashed in Charlottesville. Men walk through the capital in Virginia carrying weapons of war. Many demonstrators are in fact heavily armed. Heavily, heavily armed. Heavily armed. Look at the gear. What is this all about? Militia groups. Armed militia. These militia groups. Far-right militias. Militia. Militia groups. Far-right extremists. 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 Look, those threats which caused the governor to call for a state of emergency have simply not emerged. The police very clear in saying that they have not had a single arrest uh, during this rally. Yep, that was um, uh, put together, by the way, by Newsbusters, thanks to them. Um, and the last report, well, I think, was an MBC, MSNBC reporter who was finally saying, and all that stuff you heard was from this morning, all just worried about what was going to happen there with all these uh, white nationalist gun nuts um, swarming around the, the capital of Virginia. So nobody was shot. Uh, there were no riots. I think there was one arrest I saw just a minute ago. One woman was arrested because she had a uh, – they said she had a mask, and you weren't allowed to have a mask. And it might have just been her scarf up over her face because it was real cold. It's like 20 degrees down there like here. Anyway, nobody shot, no riots. 
uh, and the demonstrators actually cleaned up after themselves. There's a video of guys walking around with big garbage bags picking things up. Unlike the uh, Women's March and some of those other the Antifa rallies that involve punching people and hitting them with crowbars. Anyway, uh, how much do you want to bet that MSNBC and CNN don't give what happened today in Richmond, uh, you know, a whole lot of coverage, as much as they might have given it if, you know, one person had been shot. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy from Pennsylvania who was there. He's driving back right now from Virginia, and he lived to tell about it. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit lift.com. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. 
Well, as I said, they had the uh, guns rights rally in Richmond, Virginia today. Over 100,000 people showed up, many of them armed, and uh, nobody was shot. This will shock most of the media and most Democrats. Corey Kepner is from Carbon County, Pennsylvania. He's a member of Firearms Owners Against Crime. He's driving back from Virginia right now. Corey, thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me on. How are you? Good. So why did you uh, feel a need to go uh, and make a long drive to Virginia? Well, a couple reasons. Uh, there was a lot of antagonism online uh, in a negative fashion, so I felt uh, that I could do two things. I could be a diffuser, get in the middle of people that are arguing, you know, that kind of stuff, spot troublemakers, that kind of stuff. But I also wanted to go down and uh, take notes and learn exactly what really happened down there so we can prevent that issue here in Pennsylvania. And were you armed? Absolutely. <laughs> How armed, if you don't mind telling us? Uh, I carry uh, a small handgun and I had a bolt action rifle with me. So you and you were display, displaying the carrying the openly carrying the rifle. That's correct. And so we're. Uh, I'm, I mean, they're saying. I know it's maybe not fair to ask you to estimate the size of a crowd, but they're saying a hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand. Does that sound about right to you? I would absolutely one hundred percent say that is legitimate and absolutely correct. And I can uh, verify that by the fact that I was invited to tag along with a parade route. There was a group of individuals that were parading through the crowd, so I got to firsthand see about I don't know a good uh, square mile worth of foot traffic and how difficult it was to get around. It was uh, extremely busy. So uh, just to uh, refresh everybody's memory, if you can help us out with this, um, what are the laws that the that got this thing, I mean, you know, that resulted in this happening, what, the, what got the gun owners in Virginia all riled up? Well, it was uh, multiple things, but the, the big one is uh, they were talking about an assault weapons ban. They want to uh, do some red flag laws down there. They wanted to uh, some some other uh, weapons restrictions as well that are extremely harsh. Um, I don't have the whole list in front of me, obviously, because I'm driving. But the, um, the the thing was, it's just they were just pushing everything through because they have a, a Senate and a House-level majority. So they're trying to just shovel as much as they can, basically crumbling up a piece of paper that's wet, throwing it, and if it sticks to the walls, all right, there we go. So yeah. there's a lot of interesting legislation coming down in Virginia. Do you think that, um, uh, again, this is, this is, I'm just asking for your opinion. There's no way if you know this either, but do you think that this, number one, the, the um, size of the crowd and the way the crowd comported itself, do you think that will come as a surprise to the, the uh, people in Virginia and the, and the legislature and the black, Governor Blackface? <laughs> uh, you know, thinking about the whole situation, you know, I, I think everybody had this whole negative opinion going into it. Uh, everything was over, overly centralized and uh, speculative that there was going to be issues. I did not see anything along those lines. I, I went into it thinking that, oh, yeah, the media is turned us all up. There's going to be all these problems. I got down there. I saw people of every racing creed. People were hugging, excited to be there. They Obviously, they were frustrated and pissed off because of the stuff that's coming. But people united together, regardless of race or creed, with one goal in mind, that was to send one hell of a message. And I think 120,000 people in downtown Richmond definitely sent a message. How about Confederate flags? Did you see any of those? Uh, actually... I saw one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was talk that there were going to be lots of Confederate flags and it was going to be Charlottesville all over again and all that stuff. You didn't see much of that. No, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any white supremacists. Didn't see Antifa, because believe me, we were looking for that. I didn't see anything like that. Um, that's it, really. I, didn't, I saw good people. Yeah, A I lot see, of good people. And I did, and we're talking to Corey Kepner. He's uh, on his way back from... Richmond, Virginia. He was there for the rally today, the Second Amendment uh, rally, uh, and he's also a member of Firearms Owners Against Crime. Um, um, I, I did see some uh, interviews on Twitter and other places with uh, black men who showed up with their guns, and uh, more than a couple of them 
uh, were upset that they were annoyed that this thing was being portrayed by the media as something that's only for white nationalists and a bunch of white hillbillies from the South, the rednecks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman from St. Louis who didn't bring any weapons at all, and he said it was all, for him, it was all about just being able to show support for, you know, his fellow countrymen. And I would absolutely 100% agree with you that the few people that I did talk to uh, were upset with that narrative that they were trying to put on the uh, the, the black the people event. that you talked to. Yes. Yeah. And um, is that something that, that um, anti-Second Amendment people and people who don't understand uh, guns' rights and why people are as passionate about it as you are, is that one of the things, uh, the big uh, misconceptions that it, it is a... That that it that it's not good for blacks, and it, that uh, black people um, shouldn't ha- have a strong feeling about the Second Amendment, and that they don't. I think, I, I think that is a misconception that other people do have that needs to be cleared up. Because I've met very very intelligent individuals, um, you know, that happen to be black, of course, uh, that are very good speakers. They're very intelligent. And I, I think that the media portrays a lot of people like that on purpose in a negative light to try to, I don't know, maybe inflate things or something along those lines. But my my opinion, I, I met some very, very intelligent people today, and I'm excited to see what they do in their own way and with their political activism. And we're talking to Corey Kepner. He's a member of Firearms Owners Against Crime. He's on his way back from Richmond, Virginia, where... Over 100,000 people showed up, and uh, not one shot was fired. And uh, despite the fact that maybe 100,000 people showed up armed. Um, I want to play you something. I hope you can hear this okay. This is Alexandria Overrated Cortez. And she's talking about, this is her, I guess it's from the Today. And she's talking about the differences between the, uh, the 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 visuals at the at the rally in Virginia and well just listen to what she says and see if you can figure out what she's talking about. The United States was founded on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, including racism, but mm-hmm. also including the protection of capital over mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. And um, you know another thing that I've been really thinking and sitting with today is that we ha- there's this um, gun rights protest that's right. happening right. down in Richmond. Right. And on MLK Day. On MLK Day. <laughs> but here's the image that has struck with me the most about that, is that when we go out and march for the dignity and the recognition of the lives of people like Freddie Gray mm-hmm. and Eric Garner, mm-hmm. the whole place is surrounded by police in riot gear mm-hmm. without a gun in sight. Mm-hmm. And here are all of these people um, flying Confederate flags, with semi-automatic weapons, mm-hmm. and there's almost no police officers mm-hmm. at that protest. So who are our in, who or what are our institution, institutions protecting right. from who? Right, right. And that image conveys it all. It. Conveys it all. Boy, is she a moron. Now, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just, it, it, could she miss the point by any more? Uh, yeah, she's way in left field, and I totally meant that on purpose. Uh, that she 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 doesn't get that that there there was no need for you, you could have had no law enforcement people there because nobody nobody did anything, and and the fact that all these people who were supposed to be so dangerous because of their interest in being able to be left alone with their guns, that they're the last people you should worry about that are going to commit a crime, and and she it, it, it went right over her head. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I did get to speak with tons of law enforcement down there, and they were pissed that they were even put in this position to be basically looking at a standing army <laughs> and, and have to deal with keeping them from going into the place based on, um, you know, lies, basically. That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, the governor lied. There was no active threat. I mean, of course, they arrested those three who wanted those, whatever they were, you know, to come down with the machine gun or whatever, yeah. the IRS of them. Thankfully, they did that, but there, were, there was no justification for what they did. 
You know, gun owners, let's face it, at the end of the day, we police our own, we take care of our own. You know, it's not a white or black issue. You know, it's every, it's unification. Everybody works together for the same common good. Yeah, now, you, you belong to uh, Firearms Owners Against Crime. I'm just wondering um, uh, how much discussion there was, if you're aware of, um, that might have gone on before today and leading up to this between different groups. Was there a conscious effort to make sure that um, you gave the Democrats and the media, which I know are the same thing, but make sure that you didn't give them any ammunition, uh, <laughs> to use a word, uh, to, to, um, you know, to, to point out that how dangerous you guys are. Well, and that's something that I noticed, um, you know, just as an individual who went down and talking to some of the different, uh, you know, groups of people that were down there, a, a lot of them seem to be policing their own in that respect as well. You know, trying not to be provocateur, you know, in, in that aspect, not trying to provoke, uh, you know, the left versus right issue, because there were some leftists, of course, that are there. I mean, you know, let's face it, Democrats own guns too. And, you know, I had some good civil conversation with people on the other side of the, the aisle as well. So it, it's interesting. It really is. It's interesting how the media is trying to paint this as a, uh, you know, as some kind of like violence prone, you know, racist agenda when it's not. Yeah. Uh, I did not see that at all. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's interesting. You've said a couple of times about conversations you've had with people. So, uh, and mm -hmm. you mentioned at the beginning here that, that you, one of the reasons you went down was you wanted to talk to people and, and just make sure that there were no troublemakers. Um, it's interesting to me that you had these conversations with so many different people. Come, maybe coming at it from different angles. Like, give me an example of what kind of conversation you had with a leftist. And what? Well, <laughs> they, uh, the, the, the one gentleman that I spoke with, he was upset um, because his mindset was, well, you know, okay, maybe I don't agree with you having your AR-15. He's like, I don't want my, you know, my semi-automatic handgun getting taken away because that's what I used to defend my family. As he put it, he lives in a rural area where law enforcement couldn't get to his home in time, you know, where when needed, you know, the, everyone always knows this when, um, you need police they are only minutes away, you know? So it's the same concept with the national average being what 10 minutes for a police response time. 10 minutes is a long time for a violent, uh, crime to be taking place. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's interesting too to me that if you listen to that Alexandria uh, our overrated Cortez uh, soundbite, that she was being interviewed, and uh, the the person interviewing made sure he mentioned that it was Martin Luther King Day that you people were down there marching. It would seem to me that Martin Luther King would be pretty happy with what happened there today. He, whatever he thought Absolutely. about gun control, he would have been pretty happy with one hundred and twenty thousand people showing up and demonstrating peacefully. Despite being armed, that's, that's pretty impressive. Absolutely, and uh, it was it, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I, I saw a couple signs down there, and one was "Don't uh, don't judge people by their skin color, but that of the content of their character." And there were people that were holding like MLK and saying stuff like that down there too, which was a very powerful statement back then, and even holds true to today. And these these individuals happen to be you know black and armed just as well as you know, all the other people that were there as well. So, and I, I took notice of that because that was a, a very important message. Well, we're finishing up here with Corey Kepner, uh, who drove down to Virginia from his home. And where's Carbon County? I only got about 30 seconds. Uh, up by downtown Pennsylvania, so over on the east side of the state. Okay, well, uh, you, you did a good job down there, and I'm, it sounds like it was a, a worthwhile trip. I appreciate you being on the radio with us. No problem, sir. Have a great day. You too. That's Corey Kepner of uh, Carbon County, PA. He was down in Virginia, and again, uh, over 100,000 people showed up armed, and nobody, not one shot was fired, and as far as I know, one arrest. That speaks volumes, and it should shut up the Democrats and their friends in the media, but you know what? It won't. I'll be right back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Thousands of gun right activists from around the country rallied peacefully at the Virginia Capitol today, protesting plans by the state's Democratic leadership to pass gun control legislation. 
But a rally concluded uneventfully around noon. The mood largely festive. Attendees spilled onto the streets chatting USA and waving signs denouncing Democratic Governor Ralph Northam. President Trump expressing support for the activists. Hundreds of Central American migrants have begun wading across a river in southern Mexico in a new test of President Trump's Central American strategy to keep them away from the U.S. border. The migrants moved off the border bridge and into the river after Mexican officials told them they would not be granted passage through the country. Wall Street closed today in observance of Martin Luther King Day. Trading will resume on Tuesday. This is SRN News. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Are you hungry for more of God, more of His power, and more of His wisdom applied in your life? Then you need to connect with the community of passionate believers who are growing in God's Word through the Tony Evans Training Center. With exclusive video and audio teaching from Dr. Tony Evans, this interactive online study experience allows you to explore theology, biblical history, and real-life application of the kingdom agenda anytime, anywhere. Visit TonyEvansTraining.org. Jay Sekulow and crew set the scene for the impeachment trial. That first day or two of getting through the rules, and I know this sometimes sounds like the part that's not as interesting, but it's actually, Dan, one of the most important, if not the most important, part to how a trial begins is setting the rules of the game. Yeah, I think it's the pivot point in the trial, Jordan. I really do. And look, it might be when the Senate first starts ceasing to look like the Senate that people know. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250. The answer. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. Mad is here to help. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. That's M-A-D-D dot O-R-G. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code half off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code half off. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway East, we've got an accident. This is on the outbound side, blocking the right lane, approaching the Greenfield Bridge overpass. Guard tied up from Bates Street on up to that point. Inbound also seeing delays, Edgewoods, Wistdale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, pretty solid outbound. Banksville Road to Carnegie and inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Got an accident in the Dormont area on 19 West Liberty Avenue at Pauline Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Partial clouds tonight, low 14. Sunshine and some clouds for tomorrow, high 29. Tomorrow night, clear to partly cloudy, low 14. 
Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 37. Thursday, cloudy with a high 43. Friday, cloudy with rain in the afternoon with a high 45. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I'm pretty sure every candidate running for the Democratic nomination uh, for president is opposed to any kind of school choice, including charter schools. Cory Booker of New Jersey, who was never really taken seriously and dropped out a little while ago, was the exception. Uh, He pushed hard for them in Newark, New Jersey, when he was mayor. Uh, and took a lot of heat for it. Joe Biden has said that if he's elected president, he will outlaw charter schools. Marcus Winters is a uh, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He did a study to find out how effective charter schools are, and he joins us now. Marcus, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what is it that Democrats have against charter schools? Why don't they like them? Not only not like them, but they hate them. Yeah, and it's actually interesting because that's fairly new. So, um... President Obama was actually a very heavy supporter of charter schools. Um, for, for quite a while, the, the charter schools were a bipartisan issue, but it's only in the last few years uh, that the Democratic Party in particular has, has kind of turned against them. Um, the main argument against them is that they kind of rob uh, the local public schools of resources, uh, uh, both money and, and the best and brightest kids, um, and are going to have a negative impact on, on, those, on those schools. We've, we've never seen evidence of that actually happening, um, but that's the, the most common argument. There's also those who, who argue that charter schools in general are just not effective uh, for the students. And I mean, overall, I think we've seen that charter schools are very different and have different effects from place to place. But overall, but especially in urban areas can have really large positive effects for kids. So people hear that all the time. And especially if you're older and you haven't had kids for a while and, you know, kids in school um, and you never had to deal with this. What is a charter school and how are they created? Yeah, it's a good question. So charter schools are public schools, so they're taxpayer funded, um, but they are free from um, most of, they're free from collective bargaining agreements with teachers and from most of the restrictions of their local surrounding school district. Um, the rules that, that they operate by differ from place to place, but overall, they're allowed to operate much more freely. Um, so things like salary schedules for teachers, they have a lot more control over who teaches in their schools. They don't necessarily need to have tenure. Um, they can have longer school days. Um, they, and they, they're free to experiment with lots of different types of, 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 uh, services and education. Um, they are schools of choice. So no one is assigned to attend charter schools. They're, they're schools that kids sign up for. Um, and in the cases where more kids sign up than there are available seats, which in, especially in urban areas is very, very common, um, the, the charter schools have to enroll kids by lottery. Um, so they're schools of choice that are taxpayer funded, um, but, but are allowed to operate essentially independently um, as, their own, as their own private schools, um, but are also held to accountability standards of the local public school system. And there was a documentary on HBO that the media, I think it was HBO, that did a, uh, the media did a really good job of ignoring uh, called Waiting for Superman. And there were some great um, scenes in there of the big rooms, uh, a room full of uh, parents and kids, lots of them, big auditorium, I guess it was, and waiting to find out if their kids uh, hit the lottery and going to get going to get to go to these schools and the and how devastated these parents were when they didn't win the lottery yeah so and and that that's the case in in a lot for a lot of schools i mean not all charter schools are oversubscribed and frankly not all charter schools are good but but many of them are really really excellent um and and in those cases they have lots and lots of students who want to attend them um and there's just not enough seats for them um in some cities so uh boston where i live for instance um they have cap there's there's a cap on the number of charter schools uh, that are allowed to be opened or they're allowed to be operating and there's been pushes to kind of increase the cap in a lot of these areas sometimes those those pushes are successful and in other places you know as in, in boston as an example it's it's a place where the charter schools overall are really effective are very heavily over are oversubscribed so you know those students that you're talking about who um you know are waiting for a seat a lot of them don't, don't get in um but the we're not allowed to create any more charter schools even though they're they're having a really positive effect for kids and there's there's much much larger demand than there is a supply 
apply. Yeah, you, what you wrote in the Wall Street Journal, and we're talking uh, to Marcus Winters, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. You had the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. You wrote, uh, quote, those urban areas where parents' support is highest is where the pressure to stop their growth is the strongest. That sounds kind of undemocratic to me. It's a, it's a government deal here we're talking about. It's the government providing exactly what the people don't want or, or not giving the people what they want. Yeah, in, in some cases that's the case. I mean, Boston, I don't think we can really claim that. I mean, so Boston, there was there was a state referendum to, to try to increase the, 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 the students um, or increase charter schools, and it lost. Um, and in Denver, uh, which is another place where we know the charter schools are really, really effective, um, the local residents have now um, voted in a school board that is really hostile to, to the local charter schools. So in that sense, it is democratic. Uh, on the other hand, um, it is a democratic argument that usually happens in kind of off elections where the teachers unions are very, very powerful, um, and they put forth a lot of resources and, and a lot of misinformation um, about charter schools. I mean, so in Boston, I mean, my, my neighbors um, kind of in, in suburban Boston um, were, were the ones who really kind of voted that law down, uh, the, the expansion of charter schools you know, within the city, um, which was, and a lot of the argument was, well, charter schools are going to hurt public schools. You love your public schools, don't you? Um, and you know, we do. Uh, the problem is, is that the, the kids who want to go to the charter schools don't have as good public schools. Um, so there is democracy mixed in here, but I think it's often done with a lot of misinformation. Yeah, I, I guess I'd, I've never really quite understood uh, why the unions, teachers' unions, are so opposed to this. Um, is uh, the charter schools not have to use union teachers? Yeah, so it, it's... It's, it's that simple. <laughs> um, so charter schools tend, they're, they're not subjected to collective bargaining agreements. Well, that's and the reason, then. The va- yeah, and the vast majority of them are not unionized. Some, some charter schools actually um, are unionized. Um, uh, in fact, the, the New York City's Teachers Union ran a charter school for a little while. Um, it actually was closed for low performance a few years ago. Um, but, uh, but overall, charter schools do not use, uh, do, do not have unionized teachers. And, and I, I think that that explains a lot of their opposition. Yeah, I, 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 my experience with unions, and I've been in a few of them, including AFTRA, uh, you know, as I worked in TV and radio, um, one of the things that unions tend to not like very much is competition um, or, mm-hmm. or making things competitive so that the better people get the better salaries. They don't like that. Well, it's, it's actually interesting in charter schools is that um, charter schools actually pay much, much lower salaries, um, you know, on average. I mean, so not all charter schools are the same than, than do traditional public schools. So it's not really competition for kind of current public school teachers, um, but it is a competition for the students. Um, and, and so they're, they're competing for the students. And as students tend to you know, move, more and more students move into charter schools, um, there's less and less need for unionized teacher in, teachers in the public school system. And, you know, overall, across the nation, charter schools aren't big enough to have that sort, those sort of impacts. So only about 6% of kids nationwide get to charter schools. But in a lot of, especially urban areas, charter schools have grown so large that they are now real competitors to the local public school system. So in Newark, which is what the, the, the system that I studied and I was writing about in, the, in that Wall Street Journal piece, yeah. um, now a third of kids are, are going to charter schools. Um, and there's room for the sector to grow even more. Um, and and that is really threatening to the to the local public school system. Well, you also found out that they're doing much better in the in the charter schools than they are in the non charters, right? Yeah, that's what I show. Um, so I do a, a study where we do this kind of apples apples comparison, comparing kids in charter schools uh, in Newark to kids who really are identical to them in, in every meaningful way, um, who instead went to a, a Newark public school. And what we found is that on average, the kids who were, who went to charter schools, um, who were essentially randomly offered a seat, um, did much, much better, um, uh, really immediately, um, relative to how they would have performed had they gone to uh, a, a traditional public school in Newark. So why, though? Why did they? Why do they do better? What What are they doing differently that uh, that is so different that there would be that much of a a difference in the results? 
Yeah, well, so the, they're doing a lot of things differently. And, and one of the issues about charter schools is that they are so different from each other. So the, the idea of charter schools is that they allow for freedom, um, it, which, which means that there's going to be real variation in yeah. what the schools do. What a concept. Right? So, uh, yeah, what I find in my study is that the schools that are having the biggest impact are the ones who uh, are, are these large uh, charter management organizations um, that, you know, some of your listeners might have heard of KIPP. Uh, KIPP and Uncommon are two large, um, they, they operate charter schools nationwide, and both of them are, I'm finding to be really very effective um, for, for the students in Newark. Both of them apply approach that sets really high standards for kids, um, that has longer school days, longer instruction time, um, really focuses on providing feedback to teachers, um, and, and is also focused on, um, you know, keeping all students and all teachers to very high expectations. Um, those types of schools have been found to be effective in, in other cities, and, and I found similar results in Newark. Um, there, are other, there are other schools that don't follow those procedures that I don't find to be much different than the average public school in the city. Um, but it's it's a nice laboratory, isn't it, to figure out what works and what doesn't, and the, and that it's the freedom to try different things that creates the um, the variety and it gives you choices. Yeah, I mean that's the the that's the ideal system here, where you'd have um, a lot of different schools trying a lot of different things, and then we can take a look at them and we can see which ones are effective and which are, are some effective for some students and not for others, um, and we can take those lessons and bring them into the public schools, um, and we can bring them you know across into charter schools, and there's been some of that going on, um, but it. But a lot of the lessons that we've learned in, you know, the, these couple decades of experimenting with charter schools are, are things that are actually really difficult to implement in the public schools only because of the, the restrictions and the rules that have, that have built up over time in collective bargaining agreements and in, and in kind of historical district rules. So things like expanding the school day, things like, um, you know, focusing on teacher quality instead of just their, their credentials, like having a master's degree or a certain licensure. Those are things that have been embedded in the public school system for a very long time, and they're really difficult to change there, even though those are the things that seem to be having really strong positive effects within the charter schools. Well, I don't know about Newark uh, with, a, with a, just the public schools, but the public schools in urban uh, areas, the city public schools all over the country stink. Uh, especially like uh, Baltimore, where the, you know you got kids uh, "quote unquote" graduating when they're not really graduating because they haven't learned enough to graduate, but they are pushed out with a diploma of some kind. But they're reading at the fourth and fifth grade level, um, and uh, you can understand why parents who have a clue would not want to be forced to send their kids to a school that stinks that bad. Yeah, I mean, urban public schools overall have struggled for, for a long time. I mean, some school, some urban systems are much better than others. I mean, Newark's public school system has, has really struggled for, for a very long time, um, but has then made, had made some improvements recently. And I, and I think it's, you know, some other research has found that really a lot of the improvements they've made have been coming from the charter sector. Um, so, uh, you know, there are good and bad public schools everywhere. Um, overall, urban schools struggle struggle more um, than other schools, um, you know, and some of that is because they're of low performance, and, and some of that is because, you know, the students attending urban public schools bring with them a lot of challenges. What I can do in my study, though, is I can, I can control for all of the, those additional challenges that students bring in with them, so that I'm really comparing how the same kid would have done um, in a public school had they instead uh, attended a public school instead of a charter. Um, and what we see is that there's this potential for really large positive effects. And I think with that, and so, and one implication for that is that there is a way to make a much bigger difference in the lives of those kids than, than what their public schools have been doing to this point. Um, so, you know, continuing to experiment that with the, in the charter sector, in these areas where charters are, are really effective, um, I, I think is important to continue to do. Last thing uh, for uh, Marcus Winters, who's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. How much of the success at charter schools uh, is because parents who see to it that their kids go to a charter school tend to be more involved and more supportive of the teachers. Uh, how much is it? Because it, no, well, 
In my in my study, I don't think that we could we could say that because I'm really comparing kids who are identical in every way, um, and and meaning with that they have they they also have parents who are similarly involved. Um, you know, I do think if you just compare the average scores of kids in charters and kids in public schools, then yeah, there's some of that built in there. Um, that that if you're that applying to a charter school is something that someone does on purpose, um, which means that they are. Um, that they, you know, are engaged and looking for ways to, to help their kid, um, which is why we need studies like mine, which use really strong research designs that are capable of making that kind of direct apples-to-apples comparison. And when we do that, we can hold constant things like parental involvement, and we still find these really large positive effects. Marcus, I appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, it's a, uh, we talk about education a lot here. I think it's a huge problem with kids uh, struggling in schools that they're forced to go to. And any, any way that they can escape, I think, is a good thing. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. Okay, and that's Marcus Winters of the Manhattan Institute. We'll be right back. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you, so grateful they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-716-8087 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code STAG. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire Infrared Grill. Solaire Infrared Grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire Infrared Burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Don't let your home be invaded this season with rats and mice. Keep them away the most humane way with plug-in, pest-free, 100% chemical-free, totally safe for your family and pets, and environmentally friendly. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that has been scientifically tested and consumer-proven since 1995. Now that's fair income. With a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year manufacturer's warranty, what have you got to lose? Stop inviting unwanted rodents and pests in with baits. Say goodbye to traps and start saving money today with Plug-In Pest-Free. Order yours now at gopestfree.com and save 20% with promo code PEST20. 
That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Are you ready to start saving money? Gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Ah, yes, toxic masculinity. I think uh, thinking that men should compete against men and women shouldn't have to complete, uh, compete against men, uh, to feel strongly about that might get some people to accuse you of being uh, a, 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 um, a dis, uh, someone who is displaying, I should say, toxic masculinity. Walt Heyer is a guy we've had on this show a couple of times. He uh, was born a man, which means he's a man, but he transgendered, he transitioned, I should say, to be a woman and then lived as a woman for seven years and then found out that that was not a good idea and now he's a man again and he's 79 years old and he's been helping people who made the same mistake he did and want to change it. Well, he's come out with a story today at uh, Signal, I think. Yeah, the Daily Signal. There's another sport that's about to be ruined or tried to be ruined by uh, men. Long drive, World Long Drive Golf. There's a guy from Australia named Jamie O'Neill. He's now identifying as female, and he wants to be involved in the women's long driving contest. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about golf, but if you go to a golf course, you'll see uh, blue tees. That's the back tees, like for the championship level. There's white tees, which is just the men's member tees. And then in front of that, there's the red tees. That's called the ladies' tee because they give. They know women don't hit the ball as far as men, and they, you know, I think you know why. So uh, O'Neill's total yardage in 2019 was 280 yards. By December of 2019, it was up to 301, and he wants to get to 350 by April of this year, which would pass the highest championship score ever recorded in the women's division since its inception of 347 yards. Now. Uh, it doesn't matter who can hit a golf ball longer, but just the stupidity of anybody who would think that you could put a dress, a skirt on John Daly and have him compete against women, and there's nothing wrong with that. How stupid is that? And how would you vote for anybody who's okay with that? The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.